Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Welcome back to the Vince Del Monte podcast. This is Adrian, Vince's brother, for the second last time on the Vince Del Monte podcast we have shifted all of the Monday Bedrock episodes to the Becoming Bedrock podcast. If you have not yet subscribed, we will only have this week and next week's episode here. And then after that, we'll be exclusively on the Becoming Bedrock podcast. We are going back to our origins today and talking to one of Vince's earliest collaborators, Coach Ryan Fanley. Ryan writes all the programs for the men in Bedrock. And today we are talking about the five best ways to build muscle. It is way harder than burning fat, which is what we talked about last week. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you enjoy the vibe between me and Ryan, this is exactly what the men inside Bedrock experience on a daily basis. The doors to Bedrock Cohort 008 are now open. And if this is the year where you rebuild your body, reclaim your day and reinvent your life, we invite you to click that link in the show notes and find out a little more about uh, bedrock, our 12 month transformation experience. Enjoy my conversation with Ryan. Ryan, last time we talked about, uh, burning fat this week, we are talking about building muscle. Getting jacked. Getting jacked. Are we getting jacked? Ryan, which is harder? Let's start with that. Which is harder? Way harder to get jacked. Um, yeah, from a, yeah. from a, physiological standpoint it's way tougher for the body to lay down new muscle tissue than it is to lose body fat you can lose fat pretty quickly um, with an aggressive enough deficit and, and and exercise but muscle man the research is showing us it ain't pretty it's like we're looking at like around three to five pounds per year of muscle gain for someone that's that's trained so it's like that's not a lot when you see all these people talking about oh i gained 25 pounds of muscle this year it's like no you didn't you you know you gained some muscle but then there's also water that comes along with that muscle there's carbohydrate stores that comes along with that muscle and there's fat that comes along with that muscle so when yeah. we're talking about dry tissue weight the research based on mris is looking at like three to five pounds a year which isn't much and it's hard right because when people are burning fat so many of us are wired to use the scale. And when you go into a deficit, you can see one to two pounds a week. And so it's yeah. high every every time you step on it, you're like, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. Muscle building muscle is different. Now we want to talk today about the metrics that you can use. There are yeah. metrics. We're gonna talk about progressive overload. We're gonna talk about lifting heavy, tracking your progress. And these are the things that must these are the metrics we use to build muscle. Ryan, start with this question though. A lot of guys want to cut fat and build muscle simultaneously. You call that the holy grail. It can't be done for most people. But can you say a little more about why we have to sort of address burning fat and then building muscle separately? Yes. So first of all, it is the holy grail and it can happen. It just doesn't happen a lot and it won't happen for long. 
The populations where it does happen in are untrained people. So people that have never been in the gym before, they've never eaten well before. When they start to eat well and exercise with weights, they will tend to lose body fat and gain muscle kind of at the same time. Uh, people coming back from a layoff after an injury where they, they trained before, they stopped training for a while, and then they're coming back. Those people can experience fat loss and muscle gain at the same time. Uh, and then, you know, the other side of things from the bodybuilding world, anytime you introduce performance enhancing drugs, you're going to see a lot of that simultaneously. We don't condone that here in bedrock, but that just is it is an environment where that happens. Outside of that, you need to separate fat burning phases from muscle building phases for the most part. And the reason is from a food standpoint, uh, a calorie deficit where the scale is actively dropping over time is going to be the best environment to lose body fat. And then conversely, a calorie surplus where the scale is going up over time is going to be the best environment to build muscle. Now, when the scale is going up over time, so that good environment for building muscle, you're not like dropping fat at that same time, right? Like you're, you're at, in all actuality, in a proper surplus, you will actually gain a percentage of fat for every pound of muscle you gain. And that's just something we have to accept. Okay. The whole lean gains concept of like, I am only building muscle. I'm not building, I'm not gaining any fat. It, it's just, it just doesn't hold any water beyond like some initial newbie gains. Yeah. Well, let me ask this then let's, let's make it really simple. Let's paint a year of somebody who's like just recognizing right now in January, you know, I'm out of shape. Like, I, you know, I, I got to get back into it. Maybe they're coming out of a season of whatever of by their own admission, sloppy eating or really busy time at work or with the kids. And they're like, I got to get back into this. Can you map out, Ryan, like how long would we be before we get into our five ways to build muscle? How long would you be cutting fat before you then say, OK, now I'm going to go into a muscle building phase? What does that look like over 12 months? Because a lot of people want like an eight week challenge, want to be ripped. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that, especially if you're carrying excess body fat. Um, I always tell people you want to get lean enough to be able to see your abs. Um, like, yeah, it doesn't have to be like a full on, like shredded six pack, but you should be able to see your abdominals before you enter a calorie surplus with the intent on building muscle. And that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. Huge right? tough pill. Oh, yeah. And the, the reason is when you have higher levels of body fat, you are more insulin resistant, which means you don't use carbohydrates effectively. Carbohydrates are critically important for packing on muscle. But if you have a lot of fat, those carb, trying to eat those carbs, you're just going to pack on more fat. So if you, let's just use an example here. If you're 22% body fat and you're like, I want to get jacked. So you enter a calorie surplus, you're going to put on way more fat than you will muscle. If you even put on muscle at all. And that's the harsh reality. All those calories and carbs are just making your fat cells bigger, okay? And we don't want that. We want to get to a point where you can use your fuel effectively to build muscle. And so in order to do that, I typically recommend get lean enough where you can see your abs first, stabilize there for six weeks or so to make that your, your set point, and then start a gradual surplus. In your surplus, you want to gain no more than a half a pound to maybe a pound per week on your average weekly body weight. When people are like, oh yeah, I'm in a surplus, I gained four pounds this week. It's like, no, that's bad. You're gonna be one way ticket to Fluffyville if you're gaining at that rate. You gotta keep it slow. Again, we're looking three to five pounds per year of muscle built. So that's why we wanna have like a slow, uh, gradual, longer surplus. You yeah. can do mini cuts. You can do a little four week cut and that's successful. 
you can't do like a four week bulk. It's just, you're not going to build any appreciable muscle in that time. You need to get lean enough where you can be in a surplus for 12, 16, 18, 24 weeks and not be overly fat by the end of it. As you're describing it, I think what's so important, gentlemen, as you're thinking about, okay, how do I get to my ideal body uh, weight? How do I get to my ideal body composition? You have to have a big 30,000 foot view of this approach, right? And, and for many guys, you might go 12 weeks of a cut and realize, shoot, I can't see the abs yet. Okay, I'm gonna maintenance a bit and then I'm gonna cut again. And these sorts of questions have to be asked intentionally. Many of us unintentionally put on 35 pounds, right? So we have to intentionally take it off. And it just takes a little bit of planning and you have to like take good care. Yeah. So now, once we are lean enough and we're seeing the outline of our abs, we're, we're, we're lean, Ryan, we want to start talking about uh, building muscle. But that is tip number one. You got to get lean first. Why is that so hard for people to wait until they're lean enough. It's shiny object syndrome, right? Ultimately, right. if your goal is to fill out your shirt sleeves with big biceps, you don't want to get smaller first, right? right. Like you, you right. want to get that's jacked. It. And so that's the mental side of it. Honestly, that's the mental side of it for nearly every male who's ever set foot in the gym with, with a desire to look jacked is when you get them super ripped, they feel super skinny and they're like, oh, I'm skinny. And then you get them super jacked and strong and they're like, oh, I feel fat. It's like they, they, the, the shiny object syndrome, they always want what, whatever the opposite state is that they're in right now. So a lot of this boils down to self-worth and realizing, look, you may have these goals and stuff, but you are not what's reflected in the mirror. This is for me personally, like this stuff is just fun for me. I enjoy doing a surplus and like gaining some muscle, getting strong on my lifts, filling out filling out the t-shirt sleeves. But then I also enjoy eating like a, in a, in a Spartan diet, cutting down, getting really ripped. And like, you know, I, I enjoy the process, but it's the yeah. same me in either state. And I'm never sitting there going like, Oh, I wish I looked like this, or I wish I looked like that. Like you got to get that out of your mind. Like just focus on progress and becoming a better you and focus on ticking the boxes toward a task. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to get lean. We're going to embrace the prog process. Step number two is we need to start tracking. This is yeah. something a lot of guys don't do. Um, they just go into the gym and it's kind of like, you know, you pick up weights. It's like, yeah, I felt good. And then you look at it, you look at your log and you're like, oh, shoot, I lifted that weight. I lifted that weight five weeks ago. Yeah. Dang it. So it talk always, about tracking progress. It always blows my mind. I see guys in the gym. Um, and they're just working out, but they don't have, they don't have a notebook with them. Uh, they may or may not, they're on their phones, but they're usually scrolling Instagram between sets instead of logging their, their sessions. And I had a guy just two weeks ago, come up to me at the gym and say, Hey man, like, how do I get more jacked? And it, it and it's like, okay. I was like, what'd you do today? And he's like, oh yeah, I did this. And he's, he worked up to like 70 pound dumbbells for 10 reps on the chest press. I was like, okay. I was like, cool. What'd you do last week on chest press? And he's like, 70. So I was like, what'd you do the week before? 70s. So I was like, so tell me about your workouts then. He goes, oh, I build up and then I just do the 70s for 10 reps. And then, you know, I go to my next exercise. It's like, well, that's why you're not getting jacked, bud. Like you, yeah. you're doing the same thing. Your body's like, why should I change? You're not giving me a stimulus to change. You're not giving me a reason to change. Um, so you need to improve your performance over time in the gym if you want to change your body. Well, how the heck, unless you have a Rain Man brain, you're not going to remember the weights and reps you did on every single exercise all the time. Like, you got to write yeah. that shit down, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, and get better by one rep. Get better by five pounds. Hell, hell I encourage people, uh, there's a company called Pace Weights that makes these little half-pound magnet weights. 
great for things like arm curls. You know, like a, a jump from 30 pound dumbbells to 35 pound dumbbells can be a big jump when you're at that low level of a weight. But 30 pounds to 30 and a half pounds, and then 31 pounds, and then 31 and a half pounds is a way to progress those smaller movements. Um, and so, yeah, you ha- but you got to write it down, right? You got to be able yeah. to show data and understand that where you were now, six weeks from now, you should be doing a lot more than that. And 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 that's part of the process. I have yet to I have yet to see anyone add 80 pounds to their close grip bench press and their triceps didn't grow. Haven't seen it. That's right. <laughs> and you know what? It's 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 so enjoyable. I'll tell you, one of our members, Graham, was started the program and then he was training with us around week nine or ten. He's here in Toronto. And he was doing dips and we, I'm like, let's strap some weight on this week. And he was doing dips with 25 pounds. And we looked back at his log eight weeks earlier and he was using the assisted dip yeah. with, I don't know, I think it was 25 or whatever. And, and the point is we could look at that and say, that is what I would call green data. That is proof that you are making progress. So many of us operate with these red thoughts, Ryan, of like, oh my God, like they get the red shiny object. Like I want that, I want that. Versus like, look at the data. We have evidence that you're making gains, but you got to write it down. We like doing it in a journal. Maybe we're old school. There's great apps. Like Trainerize is very good. Like there's some very good apps that you can use to track your progress, but you got to track progress. Dude, honestly, apps, apps are great, but man, nothing beats ink on paper because what's cool is when it's training (laughs) when it's training you can remember workouts just by what you see like i was looking at one of my old things the other day and there was like blood all over the thing and i remember like a day that i was deadlifting with an actual like powerlifting deadlift bar and the the bar was scraping my shins and i was bleeding everywhere and so it's like there's literal sweat and blood in my log and it's like that's just cool to remember that day it takes you right back you don't get that in an it is also cool like I love when my sons pick up, you know, we, we give the guys in the group a journal and they like flip through it. Like, it's very cool that my sons see that I'm making yeah. gains. Now to make gains, we're going to step three. We'll race through these last three a little quicker. Yeah. Uh, we got to keep the exercise pool very small. Why is that right? Uh, the reason is to make sure you're stimulating your body um, in, in a way that forces it to continue to make progress. If you do, a lot of people like to rotate exercises all the time. Um, and oh, muscle confusion. Muscles can't get confused, right? Muscles are not the current president of the United States, Joe Biden, who's confused all the time. Like <laughs> it, muscles can't get confused. They just know tension. And so when you do one type of curl variation this week and a completely different one next week and a completely different one the week after that, it's akin to like being like, okay, I think I'm going to learn a language. I'm going to study Chinese on Monday. On Tuesday, I'm going to study Spanish. On Wednesday, I'm going to study German. Like, at the end of the week, did you actually get better at any languages? No. You have to practice on one to get better. And so that's why um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, you know, keeping the pool small. It doesn't mean you have, you know, for me personally, what that looks like is over a one-year period, I'll probably have five, maybe six triceps exercises that are in the plan that I'm actively working on and they they rotate through occasionally. That, that may mean spending one to two months on one, just only that one. That may mean having an A and B rotation and then cycling through to a C and D rotation, then an, you know, an E and F and then back to A and B, you know, it's, but, but I don't really venture outside of those six for like a year, you know? Yeah. 
Um, or as long as I'm making progress. Sometimes one will drop out of the rotation because I've been beating my head against it for a while with no progress. Well, then maybe it's time to take that one out. Um, and so I think a lot of people, again, we get shiny object syndrome with exercises too. You see a cool exercise on Instagram and you're like, oh, I want to do that. And next thing you know, your body's getting all these different stimuli, but nothing, no actual real adaptation. So getting stronger in a core group of exercise over time is really critical for building muscle. Yeah, it's great. Ryan, let me ask before we go on to the sort of the mental ones, you know, a lot of guys train and, and they're supposed to be doing, I don't know, let's, they're supposed to be doing bench press and the teenage boys are not giving up the bench press on that day. This happens, right? Like they're, yeah. I am a teacher and. Oh, I watch these kids do like, I'm like, are you guys on 14 sets or 15 sets? Anyways, it just wouldn't. So what do you do on those days? Just real quick when you can't make progressive overload on that specific. Yeah, uh, that's that where, that's where you exercise. have another exercise in your pool that you're regularly using. So like if it's chest, if the purpose of bench press is chest and not triceps, that's when you throw in your dumbbell press for the day and you look back at what you did in your last dumbbell pressing workout and you make progress on that. It could be a push up. When you're real smart and you understand the layout of the gym and understand what times what's busy, you'll have three or four different exercises that are each kind of at a different spot at the gym based on how busy it is. So like sometimes if bench press isn't there, my my go to will be some type of heavy banded push up because I all I have to do is find a spot on the floor to do the push up. Right. Yeah, so it's like yeah. having those backup exercises that are still part of your main rotation of progressive overload goes a long way. Okay. So while we're talking about this, um, tip number four, talk about quality being way more important than quantity when you are trying to build muscle. Yeah, that was, that was tip number five, but we can talk, we can make it four. It's I want to say four <laughs> yeah, or five. Okay. That's the that's yeah. an interesting one. So we'll save that last one. Perfect. So quality over quantity. A lot of times people will get in the gym and they will do endless numbers of work sets. They'll do 30 work sets for a given body part. They may be sweating, they may be burning, they may have a good pump, but it's not actually gonna stimulate muscle protein synthesis to build muscle. We need quality. What quality means is high output exercises with the most effort you can direct towards them, okay? Um, if you are capable of bench pressing 100 pounds for 10 reps and that 10th rep is really, really challenging and you can barely get it, you're gonna make a lot more progress doing just one set of 10 at 100 pounds than what most people do would be doing 60 pounds and doing like six sets of 10 and keeping the rest period short and getting a pump. That, you know, if you truly took 60 pounds to failure, you could probably get it for 20, 25 reps in that instance where you can do 100 for 10. So if you're only doing 60 for 10, it's just, it's a high quantity of work. It's a lot of work, but it's not quality and it's not going to drive your progress. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Ryan, there's a lot of debate about this. At what reps am I actually, you know what, let's dive into tip five because I think we'll get to this. Tip five is we need to train to failure. And a lot of that has to do with overcoming that inner voice that tells you I'm done. Like that's been a good one. So how, yeah. how do we, how do we train to failure? This is an injury. How do we really push ourselves? And some of yes. this is mental. Yeah. So talk about that as we wrap up here. So first of all, a little clarification, you don't always have to train to failure. In fact, there's some exercises. It's wise to not do that. Your, your free barbell lifts. Uh, it's typically not best to go to complete failure where you actually can't lift it, right? Like if you're doing a bench press, failure would mean the bar's stuck on your chest and you can't get it up. So certain exercises lend themselves to 
being a rep or two shy of failure. We need to practice, though, training very, very close to failure. The research is showing us now that you need to be within about four reps of failure to stimulate any type of muscle building process. The closer you are to failure or going to failure uh, is going to get the highest degrees of stimulation, while the further away from failure is going to get lower degrees of stimulation. To get to failure, you have to kill your inner bitch. And this is the harsh reality. Every man in America loves to train biceps. Even taking a set of biceps curls to true failure is freaking hard. There, there was a video, you know, I, I posted a video a while back, and maybe you can link this in the, in the show notes, of a set that I did of bicep curls. And I don't remember how many I got. I think I got 14, but I wanted to set it down at nine. And had I done that, I wouldn't have accrued any stimulating reps. But the idea is when you get to that point where you want to set it down, you just have to tell yourself, I'm going to try one more. And you try like hell to get one more. And then if you get that one more, even no matter how hard of a fight it is, I'm going to try another one still. And you will surprise yourself. On that set that I did, I wanted to set the weight down at nine. But in my head, I was like, I'll probably get 11. After the 11th rep, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get 12, but I'm going to try one more. And I tried one more and I got 12. And then I tried and I got 13. And then I tried and I got 14. And truth be told, I tried 15 and it didn't quite go. But there's like a small part of me that's like, I bet if I stayed with it a little longer, I might have got 15. And that's on a biceps curl. It is exponentially harder to do that on a hack squat machine, on a leg press, uh, on, on any type of leg exercise. And so truly, people think they're training hard. And they just aren't. They aren't really approximating coming anywhere near true failure. And the research is clear. We have to be very, very close to muscular failures, failure to stimulate progress. So I think a lot of that is getting tough on yourself and knowing that you're going to want to set the weight down way earlier than you actually could, you know. And you can play a little trick play little tricks with yourself. Like pretend I pretend my kids are kidnapped and in order to get them back, I got to do X number of reps. And it's like, I set a really high target and you're just going, going and getting that deep headspace. It's like, you got to play games with yourself. Man. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, you know what I do, Ryan? And I used to do this as a runner. So if I have to do 10 reps, I count down four, then three, then two, then one. That's how I count it down in my head. So by the time I getting down to the three count, I'm already halfway there. And so you do play yeah. these tricks. The other thing that I would say has to happen, it goes back to what we've been talking about. You have to know what weight you're going after after before you go to the gym that day. That is so important. So, you know, when you had me on that squat progression, I got nervous when I'm like, oh my gosh, like tomorrow I have to go for 305 or tomorrow I have to go. And, and because I was looking, it was up in my head. So I got, I got, you know, worked up a bit. And then I fueled properly. I wasn't going in like, oh, what's on the schedule today? I was trying to build muscle. I was trying to build strength. And so I was very intentional about what I was going to achieve in the gym that day. I wasn't, and, and this is a key distinction, I would say. I wasn't trying. I wasn't exercising. I was training. And I think especially when you go into this muscle build phase, you have to train. Like you're training to build muscle. And it is a mind. It messes with your mind because you're not you're not, you don't have the scale thing to like, to, yeah. to motivate you. It's, it's very little progress on a scale. You can't even really use the scale. You have to use your journal. You have to just keep working really hard, but that's how you build muscle. Yeah. Can um, I make one other point on that last one? Yeah, the other yeah. thing that I'll say that a mistake people make that I want you to ditch in 2024, 
a lot of people limit themselves by the rep bracket in their program. So right. when the goal is to build muscle, I'll give you just an example. Just this past week, I was doing uh, dumbbell preacher curls, just one arm dumbbell preacher curls. And I knew I needed to get um, 10 reps with a weight to beat my PR. So like 10 was in my head. The workout was written as sets of eight to 10. So I was like, all right. And what's interesting is when I got to 10, I actually had more in me and I, and I, but I kept going. So I did 12. So the workout itself dictated, I stop at 10, the rep bracket was do sets of eight to 10 on that final set. When you're trying to push, go outside the rep bracket when your goal is to build muscle. Okay. Like you have to, and that took me to where I could actually reach failure. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Okay. So we have covered over these last two episodes, five ways to burn fat. And then five ways to build muscle. They have to be done systematically. Gentlemen, you can't like wing it and hope for it. You actually need a big plan. A, a sort of a year at a glance. Like what am I doing for the next few months? And then what will I be doing after that? And without that plan, it sort of turns to like a hope and a prayer. And we can't burn fat or build muscle when we just hope and pray for the best. So anyways, guys, thank you for listening. If there was value in this episode, please share this episode. Uh, you can tag uh, me at men of bedrock and tag Ryan at uh, Ryan family on Instagram. And, and we would just love to get the word out. Um, today is an exciting day. Our doors are open as of today, depending on when you're listening, we open January 16th to a new cohort of men, men who want to, you know, build their best body in 2024 to make this a lifestyle to lead their family in health and fitness. And so uh, there is a link in the show notes. If you'd like to get some more information, please click that link and um, you get all the info you need. The doors are open. This is cohort 008. Ryan, you know what's exciting? The the guys who enroll this time will push our numbers over 100. We've had over 100 I love men that. come through the front. I love cool, that. Eh? Isn't that that's, that's really like, cool. In, in a year and a half, we've had over 100 men commit to a process of showing up better for their families. And I do believe for guys, it starts with your body because men are so, we're so physical, we're so external oriented. And so when we see physical progress, it just makes us want to show up better for everything else. Um, Ryan, you take the last word today. This is what we always do on our calls and put you on the spot. But Yeah, last no, word. last word today, guys, is it's simple, but it ain't easy. Do not get distracted by all the crazy tips and things you feel like you have to do on Instagram. Like find a couple core exercises, bust your balls in them, learn how to kill your inner bitch and push closer and closer to failure while making progress and get plenty of sleep and eat and you will find a way. Right on, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.